All right, everybody. Welcome back to No Dog in the Fight, Episode 7. Sorry for the delay for the week. Uh, everybody's schedules got a little busy. Uh, I know Nick was dealing with sickness, and I am not going to sit here and make everybody listen to my beautiful songbird voice uh, for 30 minutes straight. So <laughs> Nick is back. So we are Glad ready to yeah, ready to rock this week. So, um, so we're we're not going to go over the last two weeks. Uh, if you missed what happened in fantasy the week before, uh, that is on you for relying on us solely for your fantasy football needs. So we're going to go straight into this past week. Uh, just for reference, uh, we are recording during the Falcons and uh, Seahawks game. So any of these stats from this game will not be recorded, obviously. So, but we will uh, go straight into our studs and duds for the week. So, Nick, why don't you go ahead and start us off with the studs? Yeah. First, uh, kind of a big bounce back game for Jared Goff, scoring 31.12 most out of any other quarterback, uh, which is, you know, pretty crazy uh, considering he's like one of those middle tier quarterbacks that, you know, in a lot of leagues, he's not even starting. He's a good backup. Uh, yeah. Or he's, you know, on the waivers. So, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm in the playoffs and I have Jared Goff starting, it's looking pretty damn good. Uh, and then just a staple, you know, Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, we could probably say he's a stud every week, but scored 41.7 in the first week of playoff play in the ESPN leagues that I mean that's insane that that I'm not saying that gives you just a straight up win uh but it it gets you a, it should get you a pretty big jump on next week for it sure two. helps yeah of round one but I've also got James Cook in there as well who scored 36.1 which is another I mean 36 points from one player is a lot. So oh, yeah. if you had James Cook, you know, you probably didn't expect 36 points. He was, you know, <laughs> your your 20, 20 points is your, you know, max usually for those kind of players. But James Cook really showed out. And then I've got a very special one uh, because I've got Terry McLaurin in uh, one of my leagues who I'm in the playoffs with. Terry McLaurin scored uh, 26.1 when entering the last, I think it was like seven minutes, he had 5.9 points. And Insane. I like, and I was seriously regretting because, again, uh, I had Chris Olave, and then he came out and was like, no, he's not playing. And I was like, well, shit, I'm kind of in a point where I don't have anybody else I can start. So I put in Terry McLaurin, he had 5.9, and then they make the move to Jacoby Brissett uh, at quarterback. Because Sam Howell was having a terrible game uh, and, and drops over 100 yards and a touchdown in that last seven minutes to get mm-hmm. to one. That's that's just nuts. Uh, and then lastly, the tight end just kind of playing off his quarterback's performance is Sam Laporta scoring 28.6. Uh, great game. He had, I think, what, three? Yeah, three touchdowns. So mm-hmm. big game from him. Again, all these guys definitely helped if they were on your team for the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and 
My dud this week is somebody that's been pretty consistent over the past, uh, I mean, I would say since week eight, or actually week six, before they went on by. Uh, Dak Prescott, 6.06 points this week. He had 134 yards passing against the Buffalo defense with an interception as well. Dak uh, did not have a good game, and you can go listen to the uh, <laughs> the full report of what I think of about the Cowboys now during our game picks. Uh, but it's that time of year, Nick. It's that time of year for the, uh, for the Cowboys. But my running back dud for this week was Brees Hall, who had six rushes for 12 yards and then tacked on one reception for six yards, 2.3 total points. And obviously the Jets going down early against the Dolphins is not going to help the running game at all, but he did not get involved whatsoever, even in the passing game. Yeah. Jets are abysmal right now. They can't figure anything out. I would nearby put them in the same situation as the Steelers. Uh, maybe even worse. So, but Hey, Aaron Rodgers may come back at Christmas from what their reports are saying. Which honestly makes no sense to me because I mean, they, they were just eliminated from the playoffs. I would so. wait. I would absolutely wait. Cool. Be cool to see that kind of recovery, but I mean, what's the point? What are you playing for? I guess exactly. Yeah, he's a leader. But um, my wide receiver is like not really a surprise, but when you look at what he was projected, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he was projected fourteen points this past week, only scored three point one. Is that correct? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong league. Uh, 4.1. 4.1. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong league there. Uh, but yeah. And the, the big thing to, to note of here is that he had nine targets and only two receptions for 21 yards. But in the same token, too, it's like Will Levis got hurt. Tannehill came in. You know, it was... Uh, not great in terms of the quarterback play for the Titans, but still only having two receptions for 21 yards. Yeah, that's he partially... had several drops too, though. Like, you know, we talk about DeAndre Hopkins' hands, but he was not making any contested catches. I mean, they were drops. Well, maybe, maybe he's really taken that uh, Tennessee wide receiver mindset where they go to die there. Maybe he's taken that full force now. Um, Glorified and Julio. R.I.P. Uh, AJ Brown got out of there before he could die there. Um, but finally the tight end this week, uh, it's not really a surprise, but still it's Pat Fryermuth, 4.6 points, three receptions for only 16 yards. You know, Fryermuth has been a consistent tight end. Uh, I would say top 10 for the past two or three years. And even with their struggles at quarterback with Kenny Pickett, when they had Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, but he's not, producing now i know he got hurt i think at the beginning of the season if i'm not mistaken he didn't play the first couple no he got hurt in the middle of the season he missed uh one two three four five he missed five games and came back and only had 1.7 points in a six game so but don't expect much out of firemouth just because of their offensive struggles at at uh at the steelers so but moving into guys that you should have on your team. We're going to go into waiver pickups. Obviously, like I explained a couple weeks ago, uh, we're not doing the uh, buy, low, sell, high, because in most leagues, trading is 
not allowed anymore. So we're going to go straight into waiver pickups this week. And Nick, do you want to start off with yours for the week? Yeah, uh, I, I think we've had him on before, uh, but Isaiah likely. Uh, I mean, if tail as old as time, tight end position is very uh, hit or miss. And Isaiah likely, since Mark Andrews has gone out, has came in and almost, I mean, kind of looks like Lamar's number one target, especially his last game at 18 mm-hmm. points. Uh, I mean, he, he's, like I said, that hybrid Evan Ingram type tight end that he's, he's real, you know, kind of lanky, uh, is not very big, not, not big in the blocking, but he's a, you know, he's fast. So uh, Isaiah likely will definitely get you some points if you pick him up, uh, you know. Well, I am going to go with like a smart pick here. Like, you know, we've talked about the Texans and what Nico Collins went out for the year. And then who is the one behind him? Uh, Yeah, Tank Dell, who's also was injured, if I'm not mistaken, correct? He broke his foot. Yeah. So next guy up, Noah Brown, who filled the slot pretty well this week, eight receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. And we can't overlook the fact that in two weeks versus Tampa Bay and Cincinnati, he had 325 yards and a touchdown between those two weeks. So I think he starts seeing a little bit more looks at least because I mean, he had 11 targets this week. So I think he's going to start getting a uh, a lot more sh- target share, and that's going to help with his point production, and especially in a PPR league. So, uh, what about your second waiver pickup? Yeah, I've got the new running back one for the Vikings, and Ty Chandler uh, scored twenty four point seven last week, uh, which is a lot for a guy that, again, most pl- most people probably don't have him unless you're very deep in the league, but uh, he had 132 yards rushing a touchdown and three catches for 25 yards. So, uh, I mean, he's kind of taking that role away from Alexander Madison and I don't expect that to change. So Ty Chandler, you know, number one running back out of Minnesota and they're already struggling on offense a bit starting Nick Mullins. So again, they kind of relied on him. So Ty Chandler could be a pretty decent pickup for somebody that's, again, in a little bit of a deeper league that needs a flex or running back three. Yeah. So my second waiver pickup is an interesting one uh, because normally you wouldn't say pick this guy up in a uh, in a league, but with who he has around him, his receiving core, I, would, I don't know if I would pick up Jacoby Brissett with uh, – the fact that he has Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, uh, Antonio Gibson in the backfield, I think there's a lot of potential for any quarterback as a passer in that offense. Uh, you're just going to take a lot of sacks. So, but he played. How? How? When did he get benched, Nick? Like when did Sam Howell get benched? Uh, it was like seven minutes left in the fourth. Seven minutes left in the fourth. Jacoby Brissett goes out there and scores up like he has 124 yards and two touchdowns in seven minutes, gets 13 points. Now, granted, I know that's not going to translate to a whole game, but that's 13 points. I mean, that's five, 
five more points than what Sam Howell scored, and he played like three times as many minutes. So, two things on that. One, Jacoby Brissett, I'm very surprised, very, very, very surprised that he is stuck, been stuck at the Commanders basically this entire year with how many teams have gone to uh, free agency for quarterbacks. They've gone to practice squads. I mean, you've got guys like Nick Mullins that are playing. People forget how good Jacoby Brissett was last year. And so it's it's crazy to think that he's not playing somewhere. Two, for Sam Hartman, for Howell, being Howell, I mean, Howell, or, Sam yeah, Howell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Sam Howell. Sam, him, Sam Hartman will be there next year. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, the fact that he has been top five in passing yards, yet has just looked kind of bad. Mm-hmm. It, it's so weird. It's it's so weird that you've got a guy that's so statistically good, but when you look at his play, it's like, God, he kind of sucks. How is he getting, yeah. you know? Um, and, I mean, he is the most hit player in the NFL. Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, that definitely has something to do with it, but it's just his decision-making this last game was just bad. He was like 11 for 26 with a, just 100 yards and an interception. Uh I don't know. It's just Jacoby Brissett, in my opinion, he should have been starting at some team, maybe not over Sam Howell, like how Sam Howell had been statistically playing, but Jacoby Brissett should not be sitting on the bench when other players like Nick Mullins and other people are are starting. Hell, send it to the Jets. Hell. They God. You know, going back to what I was saying about Aaron Rodgers coming back for no reason, I want Aaron Rodgers to come back because I've got Garrett Wilson in a couple leagues. And mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson, I feel so bad for him. I mean, dude almost has a 1,000 yards again. Uh, and how, I don't know. Because, I mean, Zach, just just the entire passing offense of the Jets has been atrocious. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I agree very much. I'm very passionate about Jacoby Brissett. So, yes, I, I agree. Well, that'll move us into our last segment, uh, our best possible lineup for the week, and I'll go ahead and start with mine. Uh, we talked about it on the Jetboard podcast. It was one of our picks, but give me Josh Allen versus the Chargers. I mean, the fact that the Chargers gave up 63 points and Aiden O'Connell was one of the top five quarterbacks this past week for the Raiders says a lot. Josh Allen had a great game against – uh, well, he had a decent game. I won't say he had a great game, but he uh, – actually, I don't even think he had that great of a game, but uh, I still think that the Chargers have an abysmal passing defense. So I think Josh Allen will be able to shine this week against the the uh, Chargers. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, I'm going uh, Justin Fields against the Cardinals. Uh mm-hmm. He, he's definitely struggled against, you know, these better defenses. But just like we saw last year, Justin Fields does pretty well against bad teams. Granted, Chicago's a very bad team. Uh, but when they play equal bad teams like the Cardinals, that's where he gets his two rushing touchdowns, 100 yards rushing, yep. those kind of games. And so I think we could see one. He's due for one. 
and he gets them throughout this season. And so I think this could be this week uh, where Justin Fields just kind of pops off and scores you one of those 22, 23, 24-point kind of games. Mm-hmm. Well, what about your uh, running back? James Cook. So first off, he scored in the last four games, he scored 19.2, 16, 25.1, 36.1. And for your same reasons, they're playing the Chargers uh, that you pick. Josh Allen is James Cook is, I mean, solidified number one. He has all their carries, most of their catches for out of the backfield. Uh he he's gonna get some yards after contact, and he's he's probably gonna have one of those crazy twenty five to thirty point performances. Uh, also, I think the Bills will get up on the Chargers, mm-hmm. rely more on the run game, and some of those quicker, you know, quick dump passes, uh, just to keep the clock moving to drain out the you know the time. And so James Cook could definitely have a really big week. Well, with my running back, uh, I've got to go Rashad White versus Jacksonville. Um, in the past eight of nine games, he has scored 15 points or more. And the one game he didn't, he still scored 13 against Indianapolis, had 100 yards rushing that game. So Rashad White, has he has made himself a consistency on the Buccaneers offense, whether it be getting a hundred rushing yards or over a hundred rushing yards a game, or when he's not being, being utilized in the rushing game, being able to get five or six receptions for 60, 70 yards and a receiving touchdown. So I think Rashad white, I mean, if I've got him on my team, I'm happy with where I'm at. He's a, he's a consistent start every single week for the rest of the year. Um, My receiver pick is another one of those mainstay guys we've had on there uh, on here. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, he had a bad week this or last week against Chicago, but he made up for it in bundles uh, this week. He had 24, 24.2 points this week, nine re- or seven receptions for 112 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he's the top, he's the number five receiver. They're playing Minnesota, who we have seen is lackluster at best. Uh, now, especially since they don't have any consistency at receiver so, or at quarterback and offense in general. So I think that I wouldn't be surprised if golf has another great week this past there this week, but expect Brown to pop off too. I agree. Uh, I'm going uh, Debo Samuel. Debo mm-hmm. has been consistently great these last three weeks. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he scored 35.8, 34, and then 21.9. He He's just such a big role. And with, you know, a lot of the times when you look at him, you can't call him a wide receiver one, but you can't call him a wide receiver two uh, in their depth chart. They just complement each other so well, Brandon Ayuk and Debo. And right now Debo's getting the the – touchdowns and it's it's hard not to say he could be the best player in fantasy this week um i just think uh again he, he's against the ravens who's really going to key on uh christian mccaffrey 
And so I think mm-hmm. uh, that's going to really help Debo. And then a tight end, uh, who, another guy who's just been on a tear, uh, who's been kind of inconsistent through the years, but this year has been his by far his best is David Njoku. Uh, his last two, he scored 27.1, 26.4, which at the tight end position is kind of crazy. Uh, they're going up against the Texans. And so where the Browns, I mean, your best target is Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper is okay, but David Njoku has been the favorite target for whatever quarterback they end up playing. Uh, and so Joe Flacco right now. And so Joe Flacco, uh, not the best quarterback. He throws a lot of picks, but he gets a lot of yards. And so this is David Njoku's best scenario. So I think David Njoku could be the de- best tight end. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go to Trey McBride uh, for my tight end. Um he, they're playing Chicago this week, and I, I just looked. And in the past one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, in the past seven games, he has had seven or more targets in the, in the past uh, six or seven, uh, six of the last seven games. So the, the one down game was against Cleveland. But he had 14 against Baltimore. This past week he had against San Francisco, he had – 11 targets, 10 yards, 102 yards. So, I mean, that's 20.2, and he didn't even score a touchdown this week. So, against Chicago, I think – I mean, he's uh, – kind of like with what you were just saying at Cleveland, I think he's become the favorite target in Arizona. So, uh, the little dump-off passes. I know James Conner had, Conner had a decent week this past week too, but he's consistent. He'll get the ball. He'll score anywhere from – He'll score. He could score ten, but that's on the lower end. Like the boot, the bus there isn't that big. I would say he's going to be closer to that fifteen, eighteen, twenty mark against Chicago, and realistically for the rest of the year too. And then finally for uh, my flex position, um, I'm going to go with considerably one of the most uh, consistent receivers in the NFL, uh, AJ Brown, he, uh, he's playing right now. He's got six points, uh, three receptions to 30 yards, but he had one bad week against Kansas city. And then he scored 14, 19, 16. Like I said, he's got six right now and it's not even halftime. He's probably going to end up, he'll end up with a touchdown if I had to take a guess and he'll probably end up like 18 points, but against the giants defense that we have seen is so lackluster this year. And they're in yeah. most a lot of us depending on their offense. The Eagles defense is going to shut them down. The Eagles are going to score early. They're going to score quick. They're going to utilize their receivers right off the bat. So he may jump out in the first half and already have like 15 points next week. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm very excited for the, uh, this one. I've got Jalen Waddle at my flex. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing Dallas. Stephon Gilmore is going to be shadowing and following Tyreek Hill uh, pretty much all game. Yep. That's the matchup. And Stephon Gilmore has been playing lights out this year. He has. Jalen Waddle is going to be up against Deron Bland, who leads the league in pick sixes, you know, by far. But Deron Bland plays just like Trayvon Diggs. 
Mm-hmm. He he gets his pick sixes and his picks, but dude gets burnt. His liability and coverage. I mean, it's bad. Like watching some of it, I forgot who it was again. Maybe it was AJ Brown, um, but let up close to like a total of two hundred yards receiving over all the players they had covered. Um, Jalen Waddle is set up. I mean, he had a massive week this last week, but this week again in a high stakes game when you know scoring can become a you know a premium. I think uh, Jalen Waddle is best suited to outscore Tyreek and a lot of other receivers. I agree. Well, and I mean, Waddle had a good week this past week too. I mean, he had what? Did he have like 28? He had yeah. 28.2. So yeah, I mean, Ty- I mean, two is going to be able to get him the ball. And like you said, with Gilmore, you know, he's, he's going to be able to slow down Tyreek Hill for sure and kind of blanket him a little bit. And I, I mean, don't be surprised to see double coverage too with Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But I think I think Waddle will step out and be the number one receiver at Miami this week for sure. Yep. So, but all right, well that ends uh, episode seven of No Dog in the Fight. Go listen to us. Uh, go listen to the Jeb Board podcast, and you can listen to where you can listen to us, even though you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts and or, or Spotify right now or YouTube. So, yeah, but. Us. Yeah, you'll find us. But anyway, all right. Well, until next time, guys, uh, don't get faded. Good luck on your playoffs.